This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name is Rachel Turner, and this week in our podcast, we are looking at how do we prep our kids to be a Christian in a non-Christian world. We're looking at what does Parenting for Faith look like in the midst of aggressive behavior that our kids are doing. And in our wildcard section, we have a friend of the podcast who's going to be talking about the ministry that she launched to equip and encourage the faith of parents when their children are very, very small, so that they have the spiritual capacity to minister to their own kids, and she's going to share a bit with us about that. But first, we have a new royal baby. I'm so excited. Archie Harrison has been born. And I am constantly, I just have to say, I am constantly stunned at when they have the royal mothers come on out and they're standing outside like two days after they give birth, or even like at the time. I am sorry. Megan came out in a white outfit two days after I gave birth. The last thing that you could possibly shove me in was in a white outfit. I I am stunned. I am always stunned, and I admire them for doing it. Uh, I would have loved to make a public announcement two days after I gave birth. It would look like me being in the same clothes that I had been in in two days with not having any sleep and looking like horrifically tired. Uh, I believe that we should do more announcements like that. But I am so excited that we have another royal baby. Many blessings on them and on those wonder women who managed to come out and stand and smile uh, and face the world two days afterwards. It is amazing. Uh, just to say, I just finished doing the Facebook Live for this month for parents. Uh, and if you haven't connected with those, feel free to go to the Parenting for Faith Facebook page and connect with them. Once a month, I do a Facebook Live about a different topic. This one was about beauty and manliness and how to help our kids find confidence in a world that's saying that their appearance is really important. And on uh, Wednesday, we are doing one uh, on youth and children's leaders on what Sunday looks like in the summer. So feel free to access those on the Parenting for Faith website uh, or the, the Parenting for Faith Facebook page and uh, join in. It happens on the 10th of every month. The parents one happens on the Monday, the 10th, and the children's work and youth work one happens on Wednesday, the 10th, uh, but connect in with that. But now for the first section, a common concern that pops up in almost every course I run, which is, what if being a Christian makes my child a target? Or a similar question, won't my child be ostracized for being a Christian? On the other hand, should we be equipping our kids to, you know, sort of get out there and be really aggressive with their faith? How, how do we equip our kids to be in a non-Christian world, to be a Christian in the non-Christian world, particularly when it may make them a target? And I just wanted to equip us really briefly on this. It's really useful to have this conversation before they run into it. So often when we reach this, we sort of want to protect our kids from 
perhaps running into this type of you know, persecution or, or not even persecution, just other people not understanding them and judging them for being Christians. But in John 16, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he preps them for the next stage of their lives. He tells them that hard situations are coming and assures them that he is sending the Holy Spirit to help them and that joy will be on the other side of their grief after he dies. And he finishes it up by saying, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. That's John 16, 33. He prepares them for what is coming. He says, you're going into a situation and in the world, you're going to have some trouble, but but don't worry. This is where I am. And often we send our kids into situations at school or uh, in the world, hoping that they won't experience trouble. But what if we prepared them for it in case it does? And how we do that is very important. We can often get sucked into this idea that you know people won't understand your Christianity, so you'll need to defend your faith and wanting to prepare them to be attacked about it. But I would suggest that that isn't the place to start. How to defend themselves when they're attacked isn't really a place to start. Uh, there are some really helpful places to start. I'm going to give you three. One, the first place to start is to simply explain that not everyone knows God. That can be a new concept for kids when they're going to school, that not everybody knows God the way we do. And so they may not understand about God because they haven't known or experienced him yet. Just like lots of things in life, friendship is about sharing things about our lives. If we see a movie that our friends haven't seen, we tell our friends about it because they don't know about it yet. When we go to a new place to play and our friend hasn't been, we tell them about it to help them understand how cool it is. Not everyone knows God the way we do, and so they may be confused or have questions because they don't know. That's okay. So, Don't be surprised if people at school don't know about God or what it's like to live with him every day because they don't know him yet. When it comes up, you can just talk about it like everything else you would talk about. When we make it seem so normal like that, then they aren't surprised or shocked when other people don't understand. And it removes the should from sharing their faith. Now, you may disagree with this. It is completely up to you. But I have found that when we put a pressure of should on children to share their faith, they can feel a performance pressure, a pressure to do evangelism. And it can make them very self-aware and awkward. But what we want for them is to be comfortable, to be a fully integrated person with their faith and life with God right in there. And so they will naturally talk about God and faith as it comes up in their lives. So the first thing is explain that not everyone knows God and that sharing about their faith is just like sharing about everything else. The second thing to equip your kid is if your child is getting flack and you want to equip them to respond, I would suggest that you equip them to talk about their faith rather than making them skill up to be the ultimate defender of all Christianity. Most of the time, kids just need some encouragement to not worry about having all the answers, but to be able to say, I know God is real because one time I was praying and this happened, and when I'm scared, he does this, rather than a detailed defense of the historical reasons why the Bible has been copied accurately. There will be kids who love apologetics and are intellectual reasoners, and we can encourage and equip them to talk about their faith, which may be more intellectual in the same way. It's about enabling your kid to be authentic and share their understanding, whatever that looks like, instead of teaching them the right answers. Because that's what we want long term. As their faith grows and changes, we want them at every stage to be able to answer for the hope that they have. And the third thing is 
you can create windows into your life now and in the past of how you do it. You live in the world and people don't understand your faith. And so to share your stories of what that's like is really helpful. To say, you know, when I first started at secondary school, my best friend was Ajit. He was Sikh and so didn't know God and Jesus the way I did. We had some absolutely cracking conversations. And sometimes I came away thinking really deep about what I really did know about God and what Ajit's experiences were. I just wanted to let you know that having people in your life who aren't Christians is a good thing. And it's an interesting journey. And I'm here to help you as you figure it out. Telling your stories of how your faith is challenged by people at work and talk about how you navigate talking about your life and faith with non-Christian friends and colleagues. A couple of months ago, I shared with my kid about how I bailed from an opportunity in a shop because I was too busy and I really regretted it. Uh, there are so many stories of of what it looks like, whether you're afraid, whether you're confident, whether it was a really great conversation or it went badly, that normalizes talking about your connection with God with people who don't understand. I had a great conversation with my kid about how I talk uh, after my sort of confusion and and regret. It was a really great conversation. It wasn't perfect. He didn't come out knowing more, but he began to see that his journey with God in school is similar to mine at work in life. Most of all, you know your kid. You know what the issue under the issue is. Trust your gut. If you feel your kid needs good info, get them some apologetics books, or maybe they just need to do a bit of role play or hear more stories or have you pray with them about their friend. God knows what your kid needs and he will help you prep your kid to be a Christian in a non-Christian world. This week's question uh, comes from the Facebook Live that we did a couple of months ago. We had a really great question come in, and I thought I would share it again with you. Dealing with aggressive behavior in kids, how do you parent for faith in the midst of extreme aggression? Uh, that's a great question. I think uh, many of us have experienced that um, with our birth children. Some of us are in particular circumstances with um, children that are in our care, that are struggling with extreme aggression. Um, the first step I would suggest if you're facing extreme aggression is one, um, finding how you grab a hold of God in those circumstances, because it can be overwhelming to be faced with a child or a teenager who is in extreme aggressive mode. Um, it can be disturbing, it can be worrying, it can be, it can make you afraid. And uh, and so one of that is, is you finding your peace. How do you find your peace? How do you grab onto God in the midst of an extreme situation uh, so that so that you can see and minister and parent, um, not from a place of fear or panic, but from that place of peace and solidity. Um, two, um, I find it's really helpful to realize that you are not alone in that space. Um, I believe that God uh, speaks now. I believe that he communicates with us. I believe that he knows what's going on with our kids more than we know what's going on with our kids. And so, when we're faced with extreme aggression or a child who's really out of control uh, and you know there's lots of different ways you can go from here you can clamp down you can shut it down you can walk away you can engage uh, there's so many different ways and it feels like i don't know which is right in this scenario um, there's something about knowing that god knows exactly what's happening in your child's brain and you can ask him and so there are many stories we've had of parents who were faced with extreme aggression who can actually say, okay, God, I don't know what to do. Not out loud, but in their heart. Okay, God, I 
I don't know what to do. I need to know what is the right response in this thing. And to really grab a hold of God, because he may say, just sit quietly. He may say, question. He may say something, but to realize you have a co-parent in the room with you and and grab a hold of the wisdom that he has promised. It says in scripture, if any of you lack wis- wisdom, ask. And I think sometimes in those situations, we feel like we don't have wisdom and we can ask. Uh, and then the next thing that we can do in the midst of it is to listen to the Well, every child is different. So I can give lots of different advice for lots of different ways. But the in listening to lots of different families that I hear um, talking about this stuff, particularly from a spiritual aspect, is to try to uncover the heart of what's going on. Sometimes when you're getting aggression, kids are not understanding what's happening with them. And so the questioning doesn't help. Even, you know, we talk about this with toddlers, but even with teenagers and older children, if you reach a place of extreme aggression, often what's happening is their their, their thinking, reasoning brain has shut down and they are not 100% processing what's going on and it's coming out in their body partially because they are afraid, they are worried, they are trying to control something. And we are trying to understand what is the fear, what is the fear underneath the anger? Uh, And understanding that may help us decide what's going on. Now, if extreme aggression is happening, do not let yourself get hurt. Do not let yourself get attacked. It is okay to say, I really want to hear your words, but I cannot hear your words because all I see or hear is your body. And so I need you to, to stop your body for a second because I really want to understand what's going on in your heart. I want to understand what, and I want to help. Uh, sometimes that helps because what you're not doing is being tricked and convinced by the body. Uh, you're responding to what's going on in the heart because Parenting for Faith really is about understanding what's going on in the heart. But it's also okay to say, look, I'm not okay with being hurt or punched or touched and I need to go someplace else. And when you're ready, I'm really willing to listen to you. But right now, your body's out of control and it's causing me to disconnect. So I'm gonna step back and I'm gonna wait for you. There is no one answer. There are lots of different answers depending on why the aggression. But when you have a co-parent in the room, when you can tie into that and get through the scenario, I think what really helps is creating a scenario afterwards where when it's over, you make a plan for next time. So when extreme aggression is happening, it's rarely a one-off. And so next time, um, after it happens, you can say, wow, you were really expressing yourself with your body. Your anger was so full that it was coming out of your behavior instead of coming out of your words. What was going on there? What happened? How can I help? Um, Sometimes it's that they don't have words. Sometimes they are feeling something and they can't explain it. And you can make a plan. Next time it's starting. Next time you're starting to get upset. Next time you're beginning to feel. What does it feel like? And creating a language for it. I knew one family um, and the the son was saying that it just feels like there's a fire and the fire takes away all my words and all I have is the fire inside. And so the parents made a plan with the kids to say, okay, when you start feeling the fire, then tell me. You can just tell me I'm starting to feel the fire and, and we can figure out how to help. And when you feel the fire, what do you want me to do to help you? Because that can be quite scary. And so they they made a plan. And so next time the kids started feeling the fire, the kid was like, I'm, I, I just, 
I just am filled with fire right now. And so the, the parents were like, okay, because they made the plan that if you're filled with fire, I'm going to stay in the room, but I'm going to stop talking. And we're just all going to wait for the, for the calmness to happen. We're just going to pause all conversation until the fire goes out. And they made that plan and it started to work because they would start to get an argument and the kid felt like they just, he couldn't say any of the words. And so they decided everything would just stop and the conversation would not go on until everyone just had a bit of a break, but they stayed in the room. So they knew they weren't moving on and they made a plan together and then they could review it. And so when we, when we begin to partner with that, we're basically saying, I'm on your side, I'm on your team spiritually we are a family we have been put together as a unit as a body of christ and we help each other and we bear each other's burdens and i'm still your parent and yeah you're going to get mad at me and that's okay but i want to hear everything that's in your heart and right now um, it's not working and so we need to figure out a plan together so i can understand you best and that tends to find a way forward um, spiritually sometimes they pray about it sometimes they sit and they ask god what are the steps to help me calm down so that we can connect better and you begin to find a plan together Welcome to the wild card section. Uh, this week, we are talking to Rachel Riddler, who is the founder of Mummy Meditations. Uh, it is hard to shift into a new season with God when you become a parent, and Rachel Riddler has been creating something to help. Here she is. Hi, I'm Rachel Riddler, and I'm the founder of something called Mummy Meditations. Mummy Meditations was an idea that God planted into my heart um, two, three years ago. Um, after I'd been on um, a course about leadership at church and um, I'd sat and listened through all of the information about how important spiritual discipline was and how we should get up really early um, and read our Bibles for hours and hours and, and everything before the day started. And it really, it really upset me down to my, down to my core, to my heart. Um, at the time I had... Um, a two-year-old and I was pregnant with my second child and just getting through the day was a was a chore was a hassle um, just getting through the day with a child who was fed and happy um, was a success for me and so to hear that that I kind of needed to have that one hour or, or however long to spend with God I just I, I felt like I'd failed already um, and in my head I wanted to just give up but I, I battled through that and God planted this idea that like, like why, like our, our relationships change in the season of parenthood. When we become a mum and a dad, it changes our relationship as husband and wife completely. And um, so why should our relationship with God stay exactly the same as it did um, before we had kids? Um, and I started thinking, well, what was manageable? What was manageable for me as a mum? Um, wh what could enter my headspace and, and so that I still had that connection to God, so I was still reading his word and filling myself up? And I thought, you know what, one verse a week, one verse a week would be enough. Um, and so I, that's what I started doing. I started reading just one verse a week and, and really thinking over it during the week as I was walking my son to nursery, as I was doing the washing up, as I was cooking his tea, um, as I was rocking him to sleep or whatever I was doing, I would try and think over that one verse. And I was amazed by how much more I got out of the Bible by doing that, that 
I felt close to God in those times because I was I was thinking about enduring the chaos of motherhood. I was make I was intentional about that, and I would write it on a verse of the week board. And um, I started writing up my thoughts and what God had revealed to me through these verses each week um, on my blog. Um, and people started to kind of react and comment on that and say, oh, this is really this is really helpful. And another blogger friend came along and said, oh, I really love what you're doing. Can I help you? And um, that was my friend Naomi. And I really thank her for her encouragement. And um, she really helped me get mummy meditations off the ground as something bigger than just my random thoughts on a blog post. And we started a Facebook group so that everyone else that was interested in, in kind of taking up this way of studying the Bible during the chaos of motherhood. And um, we could all kind of discuss it and share our thoughts as God was revealing them to us during the week. And at the end of each week, we'd sort of summarise what um, what had happened. And that was really how Mummy Meditations was born. Um, and now it is. We have a Facebook community of over 600 mums, which, man, I am blown away by God's um, providence in that, that, that there are over 600 mums across the UK and, and even some across the world that feel so, that, that Bible study and connecting with God is so hard during motherhood, but this is a lifeline to them, that they can, that one verse a week is manageable. And it's not that judgmental thing. There's no judgment in our community. We're all just doing the best that we can during this chaotic time. And so each week there will be one verse and we've now managed to expand it so we can provide free phone lock screens because we know how much we look at our phone during the day. Um, and reminders to write it places. There's resources available, notebooks and and. Um, places to write your verse of the week so that it's there in your mind all the time um, and at the end of the week we still summarize all of those thoughts um, that have been gathered up during the week from people of different denominations different backgrounds who like to read different translations of the bible there's just there's so much richness in that community that we can draw out amongst each other and I've really seen God um, reveal things to me about stories in the Bible that I thought I knew really well. Um, so at the moment, we've been looking at the story of Esther. And this is kind of like a, bi a Sunday school story that I thought, you know what, it's really cut and dry. Esther's there and it's all simple. She's there for a such a time as this. Um, but man, has God been, as we've dug deeper and we've stepped into Esther's shoes and we've sought to understand where she's coming from and what she's feeling and the emotions that are inside of her, that so much more richness has come out of that story. And I feel like actually that I'm learning more about the Bible in this season than I have done in past seasons. And that is just phenomenal, really, because I think sometimes as a parent, we feel like we're just treading water in things. I am not treading water in the Bible. I'm not treading water in my relationship with God. It is thriving and growing. And I I would love if, if you feel like you're treading water, that you're drowning, that you've just given up because you can't keep up with that kind of relationship you had with God before you had kids. Or you can't keep up with the relationship that your pastor has with God. Or you can't keep up with a relationship that someone you really look up to has with God. Look, Come and join us. Get your own relationship with God. Get your own. Get a hold of your relationship with God and own it. And do what is manageable for you. 
And that is the that is the goal of mummy meditations. And I am at the moment seeking where God wants to take it next. And I'm building a website dedicated purely for mummy meditations and hoping that we can sort of recruit some kind of ambassadors for it to kind of take it out and, and, and talk about it. Because I really think that this way of studying the Bible during this period can be really helpful. And we have a kind of verse of the week board and sometimes it's been appropriate that actually that becomes our family verse of the week as well. And, and that becomes a catalyst for sharing and those stories and what we're learning with our with our children. Um, because the verses around the house, it, it's 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 a talking point and it is a catalyst for kind of conversations with our kids about our faith and what we're learning. And so it really does tie in with with our kind of goal to kind of parent our children for faith as well. Um, so if you want to find out more about Mummy Meditations, um, on Facebook you can search for us. We're Mummy Meditations Community. Um, and soon we will have a website, which will be mummymeditations.co.uk. Um, so keep a look out for that. Um, and I love to have um, you in that community if that would benefit and help you. You know what? We all study the Bible in different ways. If it's not helpful, that's fine. But um, yeah, we've got 600 of us already. And I am praying and believing that there are more mums around the UK and further out into the world who need this support and encouragement. Um, and if you are one of them, then please come and join us. And today's question to start a conversation is this. Does God ever get bored? Why or why not? It's a fun question. Have a really good conversation and I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you.